0: Luke's Gospel, the second chapter, will provide the text for this final sermon in this series, The Music of Christmas. We've been trying to listen more intentionally to the words, uh, the truths that are in these familiar Christmas carols. And we've established the fact that in many instances, uh, we sing them without thinking about them because we've sung them so long. And so we've been trying to drill down and pay attention to them And we're going to do that again this morning. And I want to read to you from Luke's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 14. And I invite you to stand as I read aloud from God's Word. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration and was taken by Quirinius. While he was governor of Syria, all went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and the family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger To you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among those whom He favors. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, I want to conclude this sermon series on the music of Christmas the way I began it several weeks ago, and that is to ask the simple question, what would Christmas be like without music? Think about that for a moment. What would be the thread that tied it all together? What would be the conveyor belt that kept us moving together uh, in worship and in preparation and all the fun of Christmas? What would Christmas be like without music. And this morning, uh, by the way, if you haven't been here, each Sunday of the Advent season, we've been focusing on a particular familiar Christmas carol or song. And we've been looking at those uh, a little more closely. And we conclude this morning with probably the most loved of all the carols, Silent Night. Silent Night was written 199 years ago and one hundred and ninety nine years ago, today, tonight, this carol was first performed in Austria in a small church joseph moore m o h r the the uh, pastor wrote the words, and his organist, Franz Gruber wrote the music and on that on that christmas Eve, eighteen eighteen, the song uh, was first played and sung in St. Nicholas Church in a village in Austria. One of the things that makes Silent Night such a blessing to us is that both the melody and the words are simple yet powerful. And I want you to think with me about some of the phrases in the tune in the song Silent Night And I want you to think about all the ways that that Joseph Moore must have been looking at Luke chapter 2 as he wrote these beautiful words. There is a sense of vulnerability running throughout the song. This tiny baby, even with all of the glory shining around, this tiny baby so helpless, holy infant, so tender and mild. That sense of vulnerability and let's face it, Jesus was born against a lot of odds. Um, you may not know Palestine geography, but Joseph and Mary traveled from the northland of Nazareth in Galilee all the way south to Judea to Bethlehem, and that's a trip of over 80 miles over rough terrain, either walking or with a beast of burden. And here you have this mucho pregnant lady. By the way, that's a medical phrase. I looked it up online. I I consulted with physicians. That's a medical phrase. Mucho pregnant. This mucho pregnant lady traveling all that way and then when they get there, She has to go to a a stable, a barn, to give her baby birth. Now, I don't want to be indelicate on a beautiful Sunday morning, but do you know what a barnyard smells like? It's not the most sanitary place in the world. Jesus was born in the midst of vulnerability. What's more, we've used the word manger so much, we don't even realize that it really means a feeding trough. It's where the animals put their slimy, wet noses as they, as they moved around for food or as they lapped up water. Not exactly the sanitary conditions that most of us were born in. And in the midst of all of this vulnerability, God risks everything. God puts it all on the line and says, I'm going to expose my son To this kind of beginning. Holy infant, so tender and mild. I wonder if anybody here this morning feels vulnerable. Anybody here this morning feels like things are happening to you over which you have no control? Maybe where you work, or with your health, or some situation in your family? or perhaps with your finances, or perhaps in your spiritual uncertainties about your relationship with God and the lack of peace in your heart. Some sense of vulnerability that you just feel exposed to the elements of life. And yet the Christmas story tells us that God is the God who works in and through vulnerability and weakness. God is the God who can work through almost impossible odds. I notice also that uh, Pastor Joseph Moore had some really solid biblical theology packed into this short Christmas carol. I read twice in the four verses that we sing, Christ the Savior is born. And Once, in one of the verses, Jesus, Lord, at his birth. Now, you may not think about it because we hear the words so much, but he used the three words to describe Jesus that are found in verse 11 of our text. Christ, Savior, and Lord. That's what the angel said to the shepherds. We want you to come and see. There is born for you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is the Messiah, the Christ, who is Lord. Savior means deliverer or rescuer. Messiah means anointed one or Christ or the one that has been promised, the one that we've been waiting for. And Lord means supreme leader. And notice how carefully Joseph Moore crafted the words. Jesus did not work his way into lordship. Jesus did not have to go through a probationary period before he was Lord. Jesus Lord at His birth. Lord at His birth. This little tiny baby. And you know, the shepherds received this incredible angelic visit. And the scripture says the glory was all around them. And they went away praising God for this incredible experience as the glory of God, the godness of God cracked through the cosmos and came among them. The light shone, Scripture says. And the only thing the shepherds could do was stand in awe and wonder and worship that the king of the universe, the anointed one, the Lord, the deliverer had come among them. Now we all have a Christmas list, it was a gift list, but it was also a to-do list related to groceries, related to errands, related to house cleaning, related to all of the the fun Christmas things we do, I'm guessing, if you are typical, there's one thing still left undone on your Christmas list, worship. Worship. Worship, have you taken time to take a breath and breathe in the magnitude and the beauty and the awe-inspiring wonder of this truth that God would come among us as a baby? Christ the Savior is born, the carol says, Jesus, Lord at His birth. And all we can do is worship. The other thing that I notice about the great song Silent Night is that there is a great sense of peace. Uh, There is that phrase, of course, sleep in heavenly peace. But it's not just the word peace that's used. It's it's as if the, the author, the composer, Read that 14th verse, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among all those whom he favors. If you stop and think about it, we hardly ever start a worship service with silent night. We always close a service, right? And if you buy CDs or playlists, uh, the recording artists hardly ever start with silent night. They almost always close with silent night. Because silent night is not a rousing, bombastic joy to the world uh, or go tell it on the mountain. It is quiet. It is peaceful. It is serene. It is calm. The melody is and the words are that which make for peace. Peace is something that's so elusive for all of us. We want peace with ourselves. We want peace with God. We want peace with those around us. We want peace among nations and peace among people groups. The divisiveness in our own country seems to, be, uh, to make peace among people groups so elusive. Peace is what we hunger for. Perhaps you've read, if you're a history buff, the story of the spontaneous outbreaks of ceasefire that started during World War I, during their first winter. World War I was raging in Christmas of 1914, and in Europe all along that huge Western Front. You had mostly the Germans on one side and the Allies on the other. The United States had not entered yet. There had already been such slaughter and carnage and such devastation that people were shocked at the terrors of war. And yet, that first Christmas Eve, something strange happened. Some British soldiers tell the story that suddenly there was this eerie calm and peace on Christmas Eve 1914 all along the front. And one British soldier took his field glasses and he stretched and leaned and he could see that in the German trench not very far away, a makeshift Christmas tree had been created. And then, out of that eerie silence, the Allied soldiers began to hear the strains of silent night as the German soldiers sang in their language. And when they finished, the Allied soldiers began to sing their English version. And after they had traded the singing of Silent Night, they sang some other carols and then somebody had the courage to risk stepping out of the trenches and the enemy soldiers who'd been killing each other just a day before stood and best they could with language barriers, exchanged Christmas greetings, they traded cigarettes, they traded candy, they traded buttons, they traded trinkets and they wished each other a Merry Christmas. In the midst of all of that killing, in the midst of all of that death, they made a statement of peace. And there's something about this song and there's something about the gospel message of Jesus that urges us to sow seeds of peace. To break the cycle of violence and pain and ugliness and hatred and vitriol that makes us want to break the cycle of revenge and retaliation that makes us want to give up the grudge and simply say it's not worth all the energy it's sucking out of my life. It's not worth all the pain and all of the hurt that it will precipitate. And I'm wondering this morning on Christmas Eve 2017, if the peacefulness of the song Silent Night and the peace of Jesus Christ could be leading you to some new steps of reconciliation and wholeness and peace, maybe there's some reaching out that can happen in your life because you worship the one who that night slept in heavenly peace. Silent night, holy night. The Prince of Peace has some work for us to do as sowers of peace. I want you to pray with me for just a moment. Our gracious and loving God, thank you so much for sending Jesus Christ. And despite all the warfare in our hearts, and between us and among us, and despite all of the shaking of our fists against you, you continue to love and forgive. Call us by your mercy to a, to a Christ-like path. Through Christ we pray. Amen.